This podcast is brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972-GO-MEN'S-TEA or visit mensteaclinic.com. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hour three of the GMAC Nation here on 105.3. The fan have top 10 coming up at 420. A triple bet payoff tomorrow. It is, it's going to be record-breaking here in the GMAC Nation. The fun will start at 220. Top 10 at 420 coming up here shortly. It's time now. Bobby Carella, Mavs.com. And a good afternoon, sir. How you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. A triple bet payoff. Does that mean there's three losers or did one person lose three times? Well, one person uh, has lost three times over the last two weekends. Uh, that'd oh, be Brian Broadus. Yeah, Bobby, I'm in trouble right now, but, sir. But Ooh. on top of that, there's also three losers. So we got a lot of payoffs to crank in here. Oh, it, my God. Wow. OK, it's going to be painful and hopefully very entertaining, Bobby. Well, let's go. Sounds, yes, sir. Sounds delightful. Uh, yes. Uh, I guess the listeners can't wait, but we want to know from you. What do you what do you make of 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 how more energized it seems the team is around Kyrie Irving than Luka? Is that a real thing or just perception? Well, I don't know. I mean, you could see how much faster they were playing in Kyrie's first couple games. You know, Luka missed both those games uh, against the Clippers, and then the first one against the Kings. That was just really getting out and running, you know. And I think you bring a superstar guy in like Kyrie, who you know, say what you want as a fan, but he is beloved by all players. I mean, when was the last time you saw an opposing player come up to a guy that isn't Luca and like dap him up after a game, like players revere Kyrie. And so I think everyone on the team was just stoked that he's here and they had an extra pep in their step and everything. And, you know, unfortunately once Luca came back, I don't really think it was all because of Luca, but the pace really slowed down a little bit. And, you know, things kind of got weird against the wolves in that first game that they played at home. So you know, I think uh, if the players can continue channeling their excitement into playing with more energy, especially on the defensive end, then that's the best way to go because, you know, that, that side of things has been a little awkward these last few games. Is there something to the idea that Kyrie gets them more involved and that's the direct result of their involvement? Um, maybe. You know, I think the, the difference in the way that they're deployed, right? Luca brings the ball up the floor and they've used Kyrie like coming off screens, uh, moving off the ball, cutting things like that and whenever you implement stuff that's happening away from the ball away from the action it bends and breaks the defense in ways that we just don't typically see in the Luka led offense you know Kyrie's coming off a curl or a pin down or you're trying to get him posted up well all of a sudden the defense is going to tilt the floor a little bit in his direction in spots that normally the Mavs just never really go to uh so I think it's just kind of a, a different look. And out of those actions, out of those cuts, out of that off-ball movement, you can create a lot of different looks too. So I, I, it's kind of a, a little bit of both. You know, I think Kyrie is maybe looking to make quicker passes, but also the way that he's being deployed makes that a little more doable too. So with the genius of everybody involved, you feel like with, with, in, in, in due time and maybe short time, we'll get the best of both worlds? Yeah, I hope so. I mean, they have had – if one practice together, they've had one practice together. Um, they've had zero shoot arounds together. So they, they haven't had a lot of time to put stuff on the floor. 
And hopefully, you know, they're going to be able to do that after the break because not only are they going to have some time off, some time to rest, recover, or whatever, they're going to have a full practice before they play the Spurs, and then they play six straight games at home. So that's no travel days, no plane flights, no back-to-backs, no nothing. You can just have nice, solid practice days in between games, and hopefully, you know, they'll, they'll kind of advance pretty quickly from there. Chatting with Bobby Carella, DallasMavericks.com, right here on the Diamond Factory Fan Hotline. Right here in the G Bag Nation. Now uh, we've been we've been curious about the Jason Kidd comments the other day about the defense and how oh we don't need to worry about it. it's not eighty to eighty games we play offense new age basketball. What what was your reaction to that? Because there's no way he's being serious, is he? Yeah, no. I mean that that cut or that quote got cut off a little bit. He went on to say, well, yeah, obviously we need to do better. Uh, Jay Kidd does get a little sassy from time to time. I gotta say, you know, he keeps a pretty kind of even demeanor. Um, unlike a guy like Rick Carlisle or Avery Johnson, who is going to let you know if they're having a bad time, you know, Jay Kidd is going to sound the exact same way, but yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, he's a coach whose entire identity, his entire philosophy rests on the defensive side of the ball. When he got hired his intro press conference, he said, we're going to play some defense in Dallas. You know, Dallas finally turned it around last season when they started playing a little bit of defense and, you know, that side of the ball, they're really just kind of falling apart right now. And so, you know, Jay Kidd is trying anything and everything, you know, rolling out JaVale McGee, starting Frank Nilekina. Heck, he put Nilekina on Rudy Gobert in the fourth quarter the other night against Minnesota. He is trying anything to see what works. But I think, you know, it, it's, it's not even a tactical fix. I think the team just has to collectively, to a man, just play harder on that side of the ball. Otherwise, they're going to keep giving up a bunch of easy baskets, and it's really, really hard to win games when the other team is shooting 50, 55, 60% from the floor and scoring like 60 or 70 points in the paint. Like You're just making it really, really hard on yourself uh, in in that circumstance. Bobby, uh, I don't know if this is a fair question or not, but who has the bigger adjustment between Kyrie and Luka? Ooh, good question. I don't really think Kyrie needs to adjust too much, to be honest, um, because Luka does a lot of the same stuff that LeBron does and did, you know, whenever Kyrie was playing in Cleveland. Now, he was on the ball a lot more, both in Brooklyn and Boston, than he probably will be here, but Kyrie is used to doing that. Luka, at any point in his career, has never really played with a guy uh, who's obviously as good as Kyrie, but also can do as many different things with the ball as he can. I mean, probably the best player he's played with in the backcourt was Goran Dragic in the 2017 Eurobasket uh, tournament that Slovenia ended up winning. You know, Dragic was really kind of like the guy on that team for most of the tournament. And Luka was kind of playing off ball, getting a lot more assists, shooting more threes, things like that. So, you know, but that, that was only like nine games. You know, that's not a whole lot of experience. So I think Luka is going to have to learn not only, you know, when to defer, when to let Kyrie take over, when to let him bring the ball up the floor, initiate the offense. You know, if Kyrie's got the hot hand, hey, let's keep feeding him, let him cook. Um, but also, you know, now that this team does have a little more speed and a little more quickness in the backcourt, you know, Luke is going to have to learn to say, hey, let them run. You know, I'll, I'll make my way down the floor eventually. But if I get the rebound, look for the outlet pass. Or if someone else gets the rebound, let them hightail it down the floor. You know, we don't have to you know, really slowly and methodically work our way into the perfectly spaced half-court set. We can just kind of beat teams with speed. And then if we can't do that at first, then they can kick it out to me and I can pick the defense apart. So I think there's a there's quite a bit of adjustment or at least, you know, maybe like compromising that Luke is going to have to do. Um, but, you know, 
I'm excited to see him do it. He's never really had to make an adjustment in his career so far in the NBA. So, you know, this is kind of the the first challenge or the first sort of change he's going to have to make. And uh, I'm, I'm really curious to see how he does it. And Bobby, could you educate me on transition defense? It sounds like to me that the Mavs are kind of getting killed on that. They are. <laughs> they are. And it's not just like, it's not just run out layups and dunks. It's a little more insidious than that. You know, the way the Mavs space the floor, especially whenever Luke is in the game, is typically they're going to have a guy in either corner. And almost always, it's like your Reggie Bullock, your Josh Green, before it was your Dorian Finney-Smith or your Maxi Kleba. Like, these are not only really good shooters, but they're also your best and your most athletic defenders. And so they're beginning, whenever a shot goes up, they're beginning as far away from the other team's rim as possible. So they got to get back down the floor quick. And also, the Mavs usually have Dwight Powell or JaVale McGee or Christian Wood on the floor. They're usually close to the rim. And Luka takes a lot of either threes from the top of the key or takes a lot of layups in the paint. And so Luka's either the only man back or he's even further behind the play than somebody like Josh Green would be. So, you know, when the Mavs miss a shot, there's always either three or four players that have to sprint back. And if even one of them doesn't do it, you know, if Luca's arguing a no call or, you know, if, if Christian Wood takes a jumper and is kind of like holding his follow through and doesn't get back in time, or if Reggie Bullock misses a shot and goes for his own rebound and doesn't get it, you know, if one of those guys messes up or stays behind the play, then you're playing four on three or five on four the other way. And again, maybe it's not like a dribble, dribble, dribble pass dunk. Maybe it's a, hey, we got a, you know, an odd man advantage on the left side of the floor. Let's swing it, swing it, drive, kick it out to the corner, and it's a three, you know, nine seconds into the shot clock. And so we're not exactly seeing, you know, end-to-end windshield wiper kind of basketball against Dallas, but teams are just constantly, you know, almost every time the Mavs miss a shot, they constantly are getting an odd man advantage at the other end of the floor, and it's just really, really hard to defend five-on-five in the NBA, let alone four-on-five or three-on-four. So, you know, these guys have got to – it's all effort. You know, they've got to all get back and get in position and get set because when they do, they're a pretty good defense, but when they don't, they are among the worst in the league. Bobby Carilla, Mavs.com, with us here in the G-Bag Nation. How much does getting Kleba back uh, defensively help things? It feels like they keep pointing to him, and it's like, is, is that really going to be enough to save this thing? I mean, I don't know that his presence alone will completely turn it around, but, you know, uh, schematically speaking, he's the only guy on the roster that can defend on the perimeter and at the rim. And so you can play him either with Christian Wood and allow Wood or McGee or Dwight Powell to stick at the rim and just be tall, or you can put Maxie at the rim and surround him with athletes that can defend on the perimeter, or at least they can try to defend on the perimeter. So he's very versatile. And, you know, it's what he represents that matters a whole lot. You know, Dallas last season had Maxie, Reggie Bullock, and Dorian Finney-Smith, and then, you know, Josh Green every now and then. Since the trade and since Cleva's injury, it's been Reggie Bullock and Josh Green, and that's it. You know, everybody else is trying to get buckets, and, you know, they're paid to score. They're not paid to defend. So getting him back is just another guy that is going to focus on the defensive end of the floor, Um, and sometimes that is all it takes, you know. And if you look at the, the Mavs' record in games where their defensive rating has been like really, really bad, they're losing like all of those games. Their records in games when their defensive rating is at least just like slightly below average is extremely positive. So, you know, I don't think Maxie's going to make them a top 10 defense, but maybe Maxie's return, instead of being like the 28th defense, bumps them up to like 23rd. 
and that could win you an extra game or two. So, uh, you know, I, I don't think at this point, I don't think the Mavs are going to end up in the top 10 like they did last year, but you certainly don't want to be anywhere near the bottom five because it is just, it's tough to win shootouts night after night. You know, you got to be able to rely on your defense, at least in some capacity. What's the expectation for Justin Holiday coming in now? I don't know. You know, he wasn't really playing a whole lot with Atlanta. Um, in fact, I mean, he was getting DNP like pretty regularly after the first few weeks of the year, they were dealing with some injuries. So he was playing quite a bit since then, not really at all. You know, I think his skill set and what he can bring to the team is pretty similar to like what Reggie Bullock does or what Dorian Finney-Smith did, you know, kind of a pure three and D uh, player, you know, versatile defender, six, six, one eighty. So he's a little wiry, you know, he's not going to like bang down low with thick guys or like shut down the LeBrons or the Giannis's of the world, but he can definitely keep up with like your shooting guards and your smaller, small forwards. And he can hit corner threes at the other end of the floor. And Hey, I mean, if you're a, if you're a positive or even an average defender and you can hit corner threes, you're going to get plenty of good looks playing with Luca and Kyrie. So I think whenever he does get in the game, you know, he'll be able to make an impact, but I'm not sure that he's going to be playing like 15, 20 minutes a night. You know, I think it might be uh, depending on the matchup or if a guy's out, then maybe that's whenever he'll get in the game. Bobby, where do the Mavs fit in the, uh, in the pecking order in the West? Are you worried at all about them being a possible play in team? Yeah. I mean, I'm super worried just because, I mean, even if they were playing great, they're what half a game ahead of 11th and like half a game out of fourth. So pretty much every team, unless your name is Denver or Memphis, you're kind of like looking over your shoulder right now. Like, Oh my gosh, you know, the Mavs have lost three straight games. They went from, if they would have beat Sacramento in that, in that second game, they would have been the third place team in the West. Since then they've lost three straight games though. And they're all the way down to eighth. So it's just like, it really depends on the day of the week where you fit in the pecking order. You know, the one reason for optimism or the one reason to feel at least a little confident about where this thing is headed is for the rest of the season, Dallas has one of, if not the easiest opponent remaining strength of schedule in terms of like opponent win percentage for the season. Uh, they play the Spurs three times. They play the Hornets twice. You know, they do play the Sixers twice, but they're done with really all the other best Eastern conference teams, which is really good too. So, you know, you get a lot of relatively easy games. Hopefully you're going to be able to take advantage of those. Um, and it's a lot of home games coming right out of the break. So, if they can take care of business, then they'll be in a good position. But, you know, you've got you've to take care of business. You know, how many times have they lost to losing teams this season? So no game is easy. But if they do what they're supposed to do, and if they can beat the teams that they're better and more talented than, then no, I'm not worried. But, what, you know, they've they got to show it. What type of shape do you expect Luca to uh, return in after his, uh, his Mexico vacay? All -star Man, he he wasted no time saying that's the thing he's excited about most, didn't he? Um, All the surveys. Is... Yeah, yeah, man. I mean, I'm I'm hoping that he relaxes, but I'm also hoping that you know he doesn't relax too much. That's that's I think the the best case scenario uh, has played out. In which case, the All Star break is on Sunday, and he's got to be back in Dallas for practice on Wednesday. So he's going to get two nice days off. And uh, I hope he, he sleeps for all 48 hours. Let me just put it that <laughs> way. Playing his way on back the, into shape plane, for the first yeah, two or yeah. three games yeah. out yeah. of the break. Just don't come back yeah. food, Padonchich, and we can work around it. Yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> Thanks, Bobby. Thank you, guys. Bobby Carella, Mavs.com here with you on 105.3 The Fan. Cowboys Twitter's coming up at 440. Top 10's next, Chief. Where are you taking us? We got a hodgepodge of sports, and then we'll jump into our top 10 list that will honor a legendary smoke. That's next right here in the nation. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Yes, sir. Here we go, nation. Hope you're having a good one. It's time now for the top 10 at 420. Of course, Woolchuck is out this week. I'm going to get him back tomorrow. Segments brought to you by Soda. Tune in for the bet payoffs about 2.20. Segments brought to you by Soda, and it's brought to you by the Frankels. Yeah, uh, there's a reason you need a special license to drive a big truck, so companies that hire drivers and put them in a big truck should be held accountable for what happens when one hurts you. Frankly, you'll need Frankel and Frankel. The consultation's always free at truckwreck.com. Here's Chia Fallon with that top 10. All righty, we will honor Raquel Welch, the late great, passing away 82 years old yesterday. That's the first lady that I remember my dad's generation being oh, like, man. oh my goodness. Yes. She was she was number one for upwards of a decade, right? Yeah. I mean she, she was owned- before like it was her well, you could go all the way back to like Marilyn Monroe and, and Rita Hayworth and all that in the fifties and then in the sixties. And then Raquel Welch came on the scene and she did a movie like, you know, twenty thousand BC or something like I mean, it's some crazy like she was with, you know, the woolly mammoth and the dinosaurs. She wore a bikini, like a fur bikini. Yeah, she was like Barney Rubble's yeah, wife. Yeah, exactly. Amazing. Betty, yeah, she was Betty in a bikini is what she was. Very nice. Betty Rubble. But anyway, so yeah, that was big. And then in the 70s, then we had like Farrah Fawcett in Charlie's Angels, you know, Kate Jackson, Jacqueline Smith, that that kind of a... That was our our crew through the uh, through the eighties. Maybe I should have done for I, I should have uh, outsourced your uh, the the list to you today. Well, uh, brought us and had you do like the top ten legendary smokes of like the seventies and eighties. Maybe that. Oh, there was good. like Raquel Welch did a movie. Uh, she played like a roller derby. I think it was called the Kansas City Bomber. She was in this like she was a roller derby uh, like star. And if you Google the picture of the uniform that she wore. You would you would see what was going on. Like she has a roller derby outfit, but the jersey she wore and the way she wore the jersey, every young guy in the league was fantastic. Like, oh, like yeah, like you're just sitting, became a fan of number eleven out yeah, of nowhere. Exactly. There amazing. you go. There you go. Lucius knows what I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah, it was called. I think it was called Kansas City Bomber, and she was like, yeah, incredible in that Smoking, thing. Smoking, bro. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, she she's uh, she's top notch, uh, and so R.I.P. to her. We will honor her the only way we know how here in just a few minutes with our top ten list today. Uh, but a little bit of uh, a little bit of news for you. It looks like the Athletic is reporting that the NBA exploring the possibility of setting a threshold that would require players to participate in um, an as of yet unspecified number of games in order to be eligible for awards like the MVP and, and Defensive Player of the Year and stuff like that. So their way of trying to combat load management 
is like, okay, there's a certain number of games you're going to have to play then in order to qualify for any type of awards, like individual player awards. So yeah. I, I don't know. I, I don't know how much that really matters to these guys. Um, I, don't, I don't think it matters. If you're at the point you're load managing, you're a little bit of a veteran, you know, and you've won that award. You're no longer in the running for it. Um, yeah, I, 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 I think they're making the decision. The championship's the main thing. Look, there's nothing you can do other than saying if you don't play, your game check's going to be cut significantly. If you want to play because you just want to rest, you know, then we got to charge the fans less and we can't pay you. And that's not going to work. There's no way the NBA Players Association would let that happen. No. I mean, the real thing that this story arc is telling us is there's too many games in the season, you know? They're really, from the league standpoint, you know, what you're finding out with the own scientific data that you're finding is you got to expand the season and space games out more or reduce the schedule if you really want to take care of these guys. So they're kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place. The revenue is dictated around an 82-game season, and they're finding that that's too much for guys this big, this weight, this explosiveness to play over the course of six months. You know, that's what we're finding out. I agree. I agree. I don't know how much that that's actually going to uh, to work, but they're clearly trying to start kicking around ideas of how to combat load management best they can. Messing with the pockets is always going to be the number one way to get something done. That'd be effective. Uh, it would it would yeah. be effective, but there's no way they'll probably end up getting into that. I, I'm excited to see what they what they go for uh, a little bit, but that's that's one step that they are potentially going to take there for the for the big name star players. Eight one seven says Broadus she uh, uh, Raquel Welch also did a movie with Jim Brown at one point as a football guy. Maybe yeah, maybe you were all over that one too. I don't remember that football movie though. I can't remember the movie. It was probably she, not an actual football was, movie. Just guessing. No, maybe like Jim Brown did a lot of movies where he was like in the military and stuff like that. I, the only thing that I think about when I think about Jim Brown now uh, is a couple of years ago stumbling on the fact that he did Playgirl like in the late 80s yeah. and was just full-fledged, uh, like just bearing all Jim Brown was. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Absolutely crazy. So did Burt Reynolds. Yeah, yeah there were some high-level celebrities who definitely yeah. were showing their wieners. Big on. Daddy Kang. <laughs> yeah. He showed us why he called him Big Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, this movie with Welch and, and Brown, 100 Rifles, 1969 American West film. West, okay. It was a Western. Yeah, yeah Jim Brown, he, you know, he, he left football early, nine years to go. And, like, if you remember, I think it was the to Dirty. show out. Well, the Dirty Dozen, I think he was involved with. It was really a very good movie. Early, that's two running back careers these days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, I just I, I am blown away that Jim Brown, one of the greatest ever in the history of America's favorite sport, did they play boy, did pl- well play girl, oh, play but, girl, but yeah, like you see the ESPN body editions that they do, but they're trying to they're not showing all in those, and even sometimes those get a little bit wild. But like the full on Playgirl stuff, I don't think you would ever see. Like we're going crazy with Tom Brady doing an underwear thirst trap. You're not you're not seeing like Derrick Henry go and do Playgirl and just full full fledged. Probably never no. been asked. No, and it won't happen these days. <laughs> it was a, it was an era of free love, I believe. Yeah. You know, there it was a it that was magazine, an interesting time in American that history. That magazine go away. I mean, I need to probably look that up because it probably just it shut down, right? Playgirl. Yeah, I think it shut down. Yeah, I'm not, I probably I'm not, looked that up. I'm not familiar with the girl. The boys still. Yeah, I know, but I'm just saying. I'm just saying. What? what Gavin, I know you just it was definitely pre-manscaping whenever Jim Brown got in the mix. 2008, yeah, shut it down. Yeah.
Okay. I mean, Play, Playboy's barely surviving. Yeah, that 1972 movie with Raquel Welch, she was on the set with uh, Jim Brown and had a, a, a romance scene in the movie with him. But behind the scenes, she was getting on with Spanish actor Sancho Garcia. Ooh. Extramarital affair led to their, her divorce. Oh, no. She's gone through a lot of yeah. dudes. Oh, yeah. Very, very popular gal. <laughs> no, her, 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 or maybe the other way around. No, her history. We're honoring her today. Oh, I know, but her history, you look at, she's been married a bunch, she's dated a bunch of guys. More rings than J-Lo? I no, J-Lo's a goat, bro. I tell you what. I, I might don't be know the original that. J-Lo. This yeah. might be like Montana versus Brady. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, I agree, 469. Nick Foles should be the next athlete to do Playgirl. <laughs> Uh, okay, the Giants uh, new contract. The Giants, what? <laughs> the, the, uh, That's an odd segue. The Giants <laughs> of New York. Uh, it, it's being reported. You can expect thirty-five million a year for Daniel Jones and maybe fourteen million a year for Saquon Barkley. Guys, what a victory that would be for so, the Cowboys. You're so happy about that. Yes, aren't you? that's a home run, man. Like other than Daniel Jones and Saquon themselves, uh, there. I think Cowboys fans should be extremely excited about this entire situation. 14 a year for Saquon yeah. and 35 a year for Daniel Jones. That's Let's get, beautiful. I just I can't believe the Giants would be that incompetent. I don't believe it for a second. I just don't think that smart people like that would make those two decisions. But I'll also, uh, you know, vote for let's get Derek Carr to Washington. And let's get a big old extension for Jalen Hurts, and that'd be about the best uh, offseason the Cowboys could hope for. Heck yes, We're not going to sign anybody, so let's just hope for bad signings from the other teams. Yeah, and get the Heisman. Uh, the, the the commanders get the Heisman from Eric Bieniemy as well, where they oh, offer him the job. Yeah, I want them to good. offer him the job. I want them to money whip him, and he says, nah, not I, that, for me. That's going to be interesting be awesome. just because of that whole situation with ownership. You know, is is ownership going to want going to go in there and say, yeah, you know, the, Ron Rivera's our guy, you know? And all of a sudden, now you're leaving. You know, now you're in a, a situation where the coach is in limbo and all that, and you've gone and you know, maybe you know, and it, it's been difficult for him to get a job. It's been difficult for Eric Bieniemy to you know to get a to now you know he's he's and he goes from being an OC to an OC. Yeah, you know, I, that's that. I I don't think I would leave for the commander's job. I just not not with what's going on there. Yeah, not, and, and the place that he's at I, right now is a great spot. Let me be spot. honest with you. When we interviewed last week, we interviewed Julie Donaldson mm -hmm. from the commander. She does a lot of things in that organization. Off air, just asking her some questions. I'm not saying she gave me every single answer, but you could just tell by her reaction there is so much unknown going on there right now. I believe it. A lot man. of folks. I believe it. Yeah. Uh, stat of the day here, we do have Mikhail Bridges being traded from the Suns. He goes to Brooklyn last night. He goes berserk, 45 points, uh, 15 points. Handed out uh, his jersey afterwards. In a row. Yeah, he gave his mom his jersey. He was very, very excited. He shot the ball extremely well, eight boards, five assists. It was a, it was a career night for Mikhail Bridges. And uh, apparently his new nickname is Brooklyn Bridges. Oh. He's a huge fan of it. Uh, but Jalen Brunson tweeted out, "Should we, uh, should we tell them your real nickname at Mikhail Bridges?" Uh -oh. And so I'm like, "Oh man, what, what is this? I want, I wonder what the backstory is on, on what the player's secret nickname is for Mikhail Bridges. I'm sure there's a good story there, but I did not realize this about Mikhail Bridges. He has never missed a game, and that is the stat of the day from Stat Muse. Mikhail Bridges has never missed a game in his college and NBA career." Wow. And he's on track, thanks to being traded, he's on track to actually play 83 games this season uh, instead of the Bill. usual 82 after having been traded from the Suns and now playing for Brooklyn. And it's going to make him play an extra game, and you know he's going to do it. He's uh, the NBA's Iron Man.
Perfect these, are my, these are my favorites. This is this is my guy right here. We need to study him. The basketball reference nicknames: the Warden, Noodles, Ex- Inspector Go Go Gadget, mm. String Bean, Brittle, Praying Mantis. Wow, my guy's got like ten nicknames. Those are the nicknames according to. Uh, bas- I bet Jalen Brunson's got a uh, probably a different yeah one better for one us. than Go Go Gadget. <laughs> yeah, Go Go Gadget's pretty good. You get your college teammates' nicknames, and you get some inside nicknames, and then you hear the ones that go public, and it's rare that they're the same. You know, like mm-hmm. for the longest time, Allen Iverson was the answer in AI, and then Pat Croce spilled the beans one day that his real nickname was Bubba Chuck. <laughs> We're like, this is great. <laughs> hey, everybody calls him Bubba. They do. Okay, that. yeah. The answer, AI, Bubba Chuck. Bubba Chuck. That's what everybody called him. Uh, the third degree is another one they call him? I heard, heard that, that one? one. The third degree? I hadn't heard that one. thought he was just the He answer. was number three. Yeah. Bubba Chuck. All right. Well, uh, we must get into the list, and I will say the texters have taken it upon themselves to just text in their favorite old, like, legendary smokes. So mm-hmm. uh, we can absolutely read these texts. But my list, the only way I could really figure out a way to incorporate Ra- uh, Raquel Welch and honor her today was by going to the most purchased Welch's juice flavors of all time. Oh, Welch's great. grape juice, obviously, oh. that's going to be number one. Okay. For sure. Yeah, that's oh, communion juice right there, bro. That's communion that's juice. That's communion juice. First Guaranteed. Sundays. Yep. I know all about it. Man, can I get a refill? <laughs> yep. Can I get a bigger cup? Yeah. Can I get some of that bread, bro? Give me some of the extra bread. <laughs> <laughs> can I get a tall boy, please? I don't want this shot. I want the tall boy version. coming back around? How do we do it? Oh, that? dude, my church completely, and we were the pastor's kids, so we were, like, yeah. perpetually screwing crap so up. So are you in the back, like, taking it out of the... Yeah, so the way they used to do it, like, 15 years ago we'd pass around a giant loaf serve like decide your own portion size of the hawaiian bread bro we were going full-on fistfuls like and you're supposed to take like a pinch or whatever and so now we have like these tiny little already like sized out cracker things yeah the chiafala boys ruined it we ruined it man (laughs) and i take pride in that to an extent but i miss it every time we do communion i'm like i think about those hawaiian loaves yeah. And I don't even know if they're doing the loaves as much anymore as they're just doing the rolls. But the they communion used to just, crackers. Oh, my God. The communion yeah. crackers, oh. man. <laughs> and especially if you hit that second service, you miss yes. breakfast, and you're just thinking about lunch. Yes. And you're like, so, you just savor that cracker now, as long the, as you can. We worked on a communion crew, so we kept some to the side when it was so all the, over. The, cr- the cracker with the Welch's was a combo. Hell yeah, bro. Hell yeah, it was dude. a good combo. It's a great starving combo. by the time they came out. You're like, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for real, dude. This is the blood of Christ. <laughs> you go sign that every time. <laughs> More blood, please. More blood. The Welch's grape juice smacks every time. Yep. And so that's going to be number one, the original grape juice, of course. But there's more Welch's flavors that I wasn't even prepared to uh, understand. We got Welch's Mango Twist coming in at number 10. The 10th most popular flavor of Welch's, Mango Twist. Mm. You have, and was Welch's like the go-to juice for the old school bros? Oh, oh absolutely. yeah. It, it was, yep. it was, it like had, it was original. Like the yep. taste like you, it's like, oh no, there's no preservatives in this thing. Yeah, this, this is, is like, straight up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is the freshest. Yeah, this, this is, is straight not artificial. Straight up, yeah. We mango. Have, but yeah, the ma- mango. mango twist. Mango, mango twist. twist is number ten. Hey, if you're into, that's weed. That's weed. <laughs> eat it. Eat a mango with it. Amen. In the morning, co-sign saying. everything. All right, I'm saying. Uh, no, man, mangoes just are to dominant. Help people out, bro. Mangoes are dominant. Uh, Welch's 
white grape peach. That, that, yeah, now you're white talk, grape peach. Now you're peach. talking. Now you're talking. I feel about like language. that should be a top three. That, is, that is definitely a top three. They they way underrated this one. The number. I nine. don't think I, I've had a, a, a scroll down this aisle since they branched out from the original grape. See, I, I'm with you. I thought they were kind this of all a loose great to me. mixers. Yeah. These yeah. things are all great mixers. Great mixers. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. You guys don't drink alcohol. Yeah, all, <laughs> great, all great mixers here. Uh, number eight, dragon fruit mango. Right. I'll give it a run. Wow. Yeah. Number seven, Welch's. We got the mountain berry. I'm all about the berry, like yeah. strawberry, yeah. blueberry. You mix it up together. Raspberry. Those are always delightful. Number six, Welch's passion fruit coming in strong. Not much of a passion fruit guy. Mm. Might say, uh, you know, with I'll rum, pass. it's probably pretty what good. What is a passion fruit? Uh, I feel it's it's like the bear cat. Nobody really knows. Yeah. We acknowledge it. We talk about it, but we just gloss over it because no one wants to go down that rabbit hole and and discover that it's like. Is it kind of one of nobody those, even knows what it like is? Kind of those kiwi kind of things. You really don't really. You know, I'm saying it's it's one. I think it's one of those fruits you cut and it kind of looks. It doesn't look like a fruit. It it looks like it looks like a nut. Looks like an urchin of sorts. It should exactly, just be sitting exactly, at the bottom yeah, of an ocean, exactly. maybe. Yeah, like it's in your aquarium. How about this? Welch's sparkling red grape. Let's go. Because they're doing this. They got the sparkle. <laughs> That's the thing. You can get like yeah. the you get the sparkling ciders of yeah, sorts man. from Welch's. That's what you get the kids on New Year's Eve. There Here you go, go kids. Man. That's carbonated. <laughs> Feels yeah. so cool. Yeah, it's carbonated. carbonated. Okay. Uh, let's see. You get the Welch's red grape juice at number four. Welch's Berry Pineapple Passion Fruit Cocktail. My dear God, they got that's, wild on these things. That's got rum in it all day. That's number three. Passion fruit just sounds good. Yeah. It does. You know, I don't know what it tastes like, but let's drink it. And number two, Welch's Sparkling White Grape. Yeah, there you go. That sounds like a cosign from Lucius. And obviously, number one, the original grape juice. Shout out to Welch's. And shout out to Raquel Welch, yeah. who for today is uh, the most legendary smoke of all time. For today. She was good. All righty. Thank you, Chia Follow. Triple bet payoff tomorrow. Tune in starting at 220. We'll break it all down from there. Brian's got a big challenge ahead of him. He I'm might be in the com- restroom for I'm, a while. I'm not coming back after that. It'll be interesting to see if he does arrive for Krusty's Corner at 240. Not, not going to make it. It's time for Cowboys Twitter. Is there a speed demon from inside these borders who is exactly what the Cowboys need? We'll investigate next in the nation. Well, thank you, Lucius. Hopefully out and about you're having a better uh, day than the Wooly Bully, whose car broke down on, on the way to Austin. He's there visiting his sister vehicle broke down and he had to uber all the way to austin right yeah dude poor poor Walchuk. he's driving like an 06 lexus got a million miles on it no heat just came out of the shop thank god for mike osmond at ice auto in Carrollton that's been keeping that thing alive for the last few years but i guess he got halfway to halfway to austin car broke down he towed the car back to ice auto in Carrollton. michael hopefully fixed this bad boy and then he took an uber the oh rest of the way to still go fulfill the mission. That's four hundred bucks. Hang out in Austin. Yeah, I can't even imagine the amount of nightmare. He said he had to wait two hours. He's just got in the Uber. He was oh waiting God. two hours for the Uber, and now he is, uh, I guess, on his way. Why would to you Austin. just not get on a plane at Southwest for fifty nine dollars? Well, I'm sure he would have done that now. If you yeah. go back, if you had the flight, I mean, you could, you could probably you could do that thing round trip. It's gonna, yeah. How much is an Uber going to cost him to, to go? Ah, dude, a quarter million. <laughs> yeah, minimum. Yeah. Where is he? Waco. Uh, yeah, he's at halfway. So I don't know. I would say so roughly Waco miles? to Austin. 
Not it's ninety miles. That's gonna be a pretty penny. Yeah, that that's tough. Colleen. So be, best of luck, well, maybe Colleen. Best of luck to Wooly Bully. Is uh, he? You know, he'll he'll try to survive this weekend and get back to us uh, next Tuesday. <laughs> All right, probably needs a new vehicle. Hopefully, he's not upside down in that loan. You know, it might be time to call DNM leasing. Or you can catch him on the horn, uh, Austin Radio. Yeah, because he's probably not going to make it back. Oh, he's yeah. going to settle in there. <laughs> yeah. he, he would be a great broadcaster wherever he is. He definitely so can't he wants that. a car. He so could do he it. He might have to. Yeah. Okay, Mavs Twitter real quick. Then I got a Cowboys Twitter for you. And, and a story's going viral. At 105 through the fan posted about it. I guess Cowturd talked about it today. Um, but the story is, look for the Mavs and Lakers to talk trade this summer. And I thought originally that would be a sign and trade Kyrie for Anthony Davis. Maybe the Mavs trying to get something for Kyrie as he wants to go to the Lakers. But what about Tim Hardaway Jr., Davis Bertons, along with your future first round picks for Anthony Davis? <laughs> I can't believe that it would be possible. But more than ever, the Lakers are looking for a way out to tear it down and then rebuild back around LeBron, maybe involving both of his sons over the next couple of off seasons. But their their idea that they can make something work around LeBron and Anthony Davis is done. You saw it with the selling off of Russell Westbrook for whatever they could get. And maybe Hardaway, Bertans, and two future ones would be the best they could get for Anthony Davis coming up this summer. Would you do it? Holy smokes, yes. Hardaway, Bertans, and a couple of first-round picks for Anthony Davis? Yeah. Yes, dude, absolutely. And, and I think the Lakers right now are going to be a little bit – they're going to be a problem for anybody that if, you know, when it comes to the playoffs, the the way they've re retooled that roster a little bit, if Anthony yeah. Davis can be himself, the Lakers could be legit. Now he's a little bit volatile these days with, uh, with his performance, but he's averaging gosh. 26 and 12 on yeah. 57%. I mean, that, that's you know. a, that's he can't a stay healthy. If he can only get Hardaway, if they can yeah. only get Hardaway, Bertans and two first round picks for him then that's a sad, sad day to be a Laker. But, yes, for the Mavs, you would do that in a heartbeat. Yeah, the problem is, though, every time he goes up for a rebound and comes down, yeah. it, you're just now you're holding your breath. He plays yeah. about 65 games a year. Yeah. You know, yeah well, and the he, last, a know, lot more are in question. The last three years, he's played 36, 40, and he's on – He's on uh, 35 right now. So maybe only 60 this year. It's gotten a lot worse recently. He's, He's only 29 years old. He shouldn't be breaking down that much. I'll tell you what. I wonder about this. But, you know, we were talking about load management earlier. Yeah. And I wonder if these guys, because of genetics and stuff like that, because they're so big, that they're just not built. Their bodies are not built to take that wear. No, they need a lot more time to recover. I, I was talking about that recently. Two, yeah. You know, you're 7'2". You're kind of a genetic freak, right? Yeah. Maybe you're maybe kind you're, of well, yeah, I guess I, I'm an I, outlier. I, yeah, but but you're not built to to have to. You know, your life should be just kind of normally going through life. Sure, not the wear and tear of playing NBA. That's how you no. become Anthony Data Davis, and that's what is uh, the Tolos are and the Tolos are like. No, thank you on Anthony Davis right now. They probably but you're giving that, up very little. You're giving up nothing. Yeah, I mean the future first round yeah. picks could turn into something significant, but the chance to have Anthony Davis, even if he only plays in half the regular season games, if you can get those three on the court together in the playoffs, it's over. Like when I think of dominant big men. I think of Jokic, I think of Embiid, and I think of that Anthony Davis run that he had in the championship a couple of years ago. And, you know, he's not far off from that level. He's still very much in his prime. If they're healthy, I think you're the favorite. Uh, I would. I think I'd say yes to that. I'd have to look at what's left on Anthony Davis's contract. Would you say, would, you know, we never thought they were going to get Kyrie, right? Right. I mean, is this another one of those things, if you had a choice between Kyrie and this guy, who you taking? 
I would rather have Kyrie. Uh, coin flip. Uh, he has one more year left on his contract, so if it didn't work out, then uh, you know he'd be off the books. And now you've created cap space. Oh, so they, you, they, yeah. Which got I, no I draft like A lot of different ways it could come together. A quick, a quick Cowboys Twitter. I teased it. Jim Nagy, your guy down there at the Senior Bowl. Yes. Is tweeting about Houston wide receiver Tank Dell. Hardest cover of yeah. any slot in this year's NFL draft. He's got a projected fourth rounder on it, um, but he's 5'10", 165, had 109 catches for 1,400 yards and 17 touchdowns. I didn't watch the film. I won't, but you never replace Cole Beasley. Do they, would they still be interested in a, in a speedy, quick, small guy like that that could work the middle of the field? Man, he, he sure looks you know what? Dak friendly. It's, now with McCarthy calling plays, that's not his M.O., we had this discussion this morning on the draft show yeah. about guys like uh, Zay Flowers from Boston College, who's 5'9". Uh, you know, there's some guys that are a little bit shorter in this draft. Tyler Scott, Cincinnati's a little bit shorter guy. Marvin Mims from Oklahoma's a little bit shorter of a guy. Uh, you know, part, one of the best players I've seen as far as short wide receivers, and, and I compared this guy to Steve Smith, was Parker Washington out of Penn State, you know. I said, "Oh, this guy reminds me of Steve Smith when I watch him play." And but this guy I want. I don't. I don't know if Mike McCarthy. I think he has something against the smaller slot guy. Okay. I just do, and and we'll we'll see. But there's some good ones in this draft. All righty, thank you, sir. It is the G Bag Nation here on 105.3 The Fan. I had the uh, five o'clock hour coming up. Morning news tackled the most exciting draft question. And I have a few questions as well regarding the Cowboys running back situation that uh, will provide new discussion, new branches on this topic tree coming up next year on 105.3 The Fan. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.